0: this is a great opportunity this uh this lord's day to to hear from god as we look in god's word as uh, Brandon was getting the announcements, he was calling for quite a few amens in case you forget what amen really means it really means this is true or truly it's the same word that jesus used in the gospel particularly the gospel of john where he'd say verily verily or assuredly assuredly or in Old King James, truly, truly, I say to you, as our children uh, leave for a uh, children's church. And so when you say amen after someone says something up here, you're saying it uh, to yourself. This is true. This is really true, uh, what was just said. And so uh, if you have opportunities to uh, reflect on on uh, what people say, and if you were to say amen, that you're agree- in agreement with them. Well, this morning uh, we're going to be actually... Uh, Last week was the kind of the introduction of our series, God's Perfect Design, and and it's really speaking into our lives, saying that that God has something for us to be and to do. And uh, what we're going to do today is kind of give you an overview of it, as well as uh, pick a particular area which uh, speaks into our lives as far as determining how to find out what God wants us to do. It's one thing to know God has a portfolio, a, a job description for us, another thing to be able to read the fine print and figure out well what is it, what is it that God has for us. You know, it's amazing what people can do, and it seems to me that people are doing it younger and younger. Now, I'm not necessarily a golf enthusiast. Um, you know, I'll watch a little bit sometimes the majors and and sometimes I will I will hack at it out in a golf course. But if you're following the masters at all, Uh, One of the interesting stories in this particular Masters is there's a a particular golfer from China who is 14 years of age, and they were interviewing a number of the golfers around the world, even Tiger Woods, who was a, if you know his story, was a phenom from almost day one in terms of being able to hit that little white ball or whatever color you're using uh, on a golf course. Uh, He said, you know, I was not even thinking about playing the Masters at age 14. And not only did he get to play in the Masters, he's, he, he made the cut, and, and that was, I think, uh, in comparison to, I think, last year's uh, Masters winner. I mean, as far as he's done better than some of the ones who've actually won some of the major tournaments. People seem to be able to do things and do it well younger and younger. And often we, we look at our own lives, even as we get into God's family, and we think that we really have nothing to offer. You know, what, what can I do? And we really limit what God has given us the ability to do. We were going to share a, a good news story, and, and Brandon um, humbly did not share uh, what we had last Saturday. Uh, y- yesterday we had a basketball tournament uh, Grace Hill sponsored and had a number of people in the community, uh, kids, uh, young adults, uh, playing in this tournament. It went to great. We had an opportunity to share a testimony uh, between the games about halfway through. And it, it, was, it was just great seeing... Um, you know, church kind of penetrate uh, athletes and trying to uh, present the message of Christ. And again, you could say people are doing things younger and younger. There were players 14 and younger playing, and brands had the opportunity to work with them. And quite frankly, they're better than Brandon right now. I mean, they can. <laughs> um, it's amazing some of the skills that people can do. But it, it's, it's, it's all about believing you can do something. Now, The reason you can believe that is not simply because of positive thinking or someone trying to pump you up or uh, give you a a pep talk, is that God has designed us in a way, special way, for us to be the people he wants us to be. In fact, just turn to the person next to you and say, you are God's perfect design. And now say amen. amen. And what does amen mean? It means this is... True. And it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to believe it. You are God's perfect design. God doesn't make garbage. He doesn't make trash. And if you play the comparison game, and we all play that at times, we, we wish we were somebody else or we wish there, there were things different about us. And we're not talking about character here. There are some things physically or intellectually or whatever it might be. And, and we wish we were just different. But but when we say that, then we're saying to God that somehow you made a mistake. You, it, it, the design in me has a flaw in it. Now, there is a flaw within our character because uh, sin has been brought into this world and we participate in it. Anybody want to say amen? amen? Amen. This is true. But that's different than how God has made us and created us to be. We have as a verse, and we'll be hit, hitting it more and more uh, throughout this series. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. And, and then there's a, a purpose called to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that you may walk in them. And, and so who you are and how you were put together is, is not an accident. That was a God thing. God Has a design on your life. And he wants you to understand what that is and then live it out. And so this morning, what I want to do, and there's as often, you know, there's so many different things I want to say on a Sunday morning, but we're going to have a little bit of theology on desires, and we're going to see this in a moment. Uh, But then if you're wondering, where's this all going to land? uh, We've got a very simple truth I want us all to wrestle with this week. And your life groups, you'll be kind of Fleshing that out. And if for some reason you can't make it to your life group this week, or you haven't signed up for a life group, or whatever it might be, you can still do the study in the back of the outline each Lord's day, which will allow you to kind of wrestle with some of the things that are shared on this morning uh, or any morning, uh, whoever's communicating the truth. But what do we mean by you are God's perfect design? That that God has not only made you, but allowed things to happen in your life in such a way that He wants to use. Well, let, let me give you what the design is all about. It's an acronym or an acrostic. The letter D stands for desires. Uh, there are all kinds of different things that, that cause us to be motivated or to be moved or, or our passions begin to be aroused. Uh, things that, that we really like or don't like. And it's, it, we're different. Now, we could, we could look at our differences as something that is negative about us or we could see our differences as that which is special about us. And so we're going to be looking at desires and, and what it says about us and what it says about life and how that can help us determine what he wants us to be and to do. The letter E stands for experiences. There are things that we go through that, that God teaches us certain things about life. And as he teaches us about life through our experiences, then he wants us then to use those experiences to have a life message. And, and, and that, again, can help us to determine Well, God, what can I offer you? What can I do for you? And part of the experiences you go through, you can help somebody else go through something that you've already gone through. Some of you are much, much better at sharing in certain areas of life than I would be because you've been there and I haven't been there. And I can try best to empathize and and maybe share principles, but you can say, here's what what I went through and how how I got through this, and, and this will work for you as well. And it can be both positive and negative experiences. The letter S stands for spiritual gifts. In each one of these, we're going to try to unpack and give you a little bit more understanding of what these things are and then allow you to wrestle through them. A spiritual gift is what happens to you when you become a child of God. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you get, you get, you get the whole package. We believe the Bible teaches that there's one God, but from the one God, there are three persons. And when you become a, a child of God, you get it all. You've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in your relationship with God. And the Spirit has been implanted in your lives, and as He's been implanted in your life to empower you to be what God wants you to be, He also gifts you in a way with abilities to to serve the body of Christ and to serve others. And we'll be unpacking that a little bit in terms of what what are some of the things that maybe I have the ability to do that I never thought I had the ability to do. Well, the reason you haven't thought you had the ability to do, you never tried. And maybe before you became a Christian, you didn't have those strengths, but afterwards, God gave you some strengths in areas that you didn't have before. And God does it that way, just again to point out, this is not you doing it, but who's doing it? God doing it. He gets the credit, He gets the glory, and it's something He gave you. Uh, the letter I stands for individual personality. Uh, there's th- certain things that how we're wired will allow us to to use who we are in again unique special design ways that will connect relate and serve people in ways that that will be God honoring the letter g stands for growth growth stage god wants us to progressively move on in our christian life and, and the more that we know the more that we can share the more that we've gone through the more that we can have a a foundation by which our life message that God has given us can be communicated. And so this is not passive uh, involvement in God's program. It's not like, okay, we just show up and we do whatever we do. No, we can grow and develop and learn, and and God can teach us things that we can now uh, communicate to others. And the letter N stands for natural abilities. These are things that that can be the vehicle by which we serve people. Uh, How many went to the breakfast this morning? And number of with went to breakfast and I didn't even think about this even though I guess I wasn't listening to my own message. But I shared last week about my, my experience with learning how to cook eggs. And, and as people were cooking eggs, did you make all the eggs today Have you learned how to do it last week? Uh, no. <laughs> but, you know, people who can, you know, do things in the kitchen have the ability by which they can serve others because they have that, that ability, those skills. And, and some of them will learn and some of them are just, just, I mean... No matter how much time I would spend in the kitchen, I couldn't cook like people who have that, that ability to do. I'd be, I'd be making mistakes all the time, and it would take me forever to do that. But some of you have an ability, and it could be in sports. And the reason Brandon was able to, to pull off the, the basketball tournaments is because he has he has, he has a rep. You know, he has an ability. And if people, you know, they, they recognize him as he's been involved at 24 and out in the community and the schools. And they, they recognize that he understands the game of basketball. And because he understands it and he's putting on a tournament, then they want to come to it. And that's just a natural ability that he uses as a vehicle to give a life message. And so whatever you can do, God can use it in a way that can... They connect and relate with people. And so we're going to be seeing that. And then as you put all that package together, you say, well, well, maybe this is where God wants me to serve. This is how I can be part of what God's program is all about. Now, if you were with us last week, uh, th- this is not just a minor part of the, the whole Christian experience. Uh, w- we talked about last week that one word, at least one author, his name was Nelson Searcy, said this about Christianity. He said, if you were to summarize all of Christianity in one word, the word I would choose would be service. And as we use service as a, as a, as a metrics or measuring statement in terms of how am I living the Christian life, it gets very practical, doesn't it? What am I doing with my life that, that honors God? And when you begin to think all the passages, and I'll try to resist the temptation of re-preaching last week's message, but Jesus came not to be served, but to what? Serve. And so as we think, if Jesus set an example, if we want to be more like Jesus, then we ought to do what Jesus did. You know, WWJD, what would Jesus do? We already know what he would do. He would serve. And so if if Jesus would serve, then we need to figure out how can can we be used, be the hands and the feet and the ears and the eyes of God to do what Jesus would do if he was here. And then Jesus said, in case you say, well, I'm not Jesus, I'm not the son of God, and none of us are. But as he spoke about other people, he said, you know who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? Those who are the greatest what? Servants. And as you think about being a servant it, it, it really is all about availability. Are you making yourself available to be used of God? Well, this morning we want to do, we want to start unpacking that again in terms of saying well how does that how does that play out How, how do I know what my position is and taking the analogy in terms of basketball and that was a three on three Tournament, But if you played five on five if you've ever watched basketball if you ever a baseball fan and a football fan Whatever it might be you recognize that that everyone doesn't do the same thing There are certain things everyone does in common in terms they're all supposed to play defense They're all supposed to you know move around the court But there are certain things that some people have better skills at and you rely upon them to do those things Well, how do you know what part you should play? Well, we're gonna look at that this morning and as we go through that series, this series, we want us to, first of all, recognize whatever I can do, whether that's an area of strength or not, I'm willing to do anything and everything. You know, we don't proverbially say, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't do windows, you know. You know, I, I, don't, I don't clean toilets. Now, if there's certain things physically you're incapable of doing, we understand that. But if you're available, you're willing to do anything. But on the other hand, if you have particular skills in an area and it's related to your design, then, then you want to look at that, that niche that God has for you and, and just wholeheartedly put your life into it. Now, again, this is a long introduction to my message, which I'll have to go through pretty quickly. Is um, I, I want to throw this out as well. If this is not just the intent of, of myself or the rest of the staff or the leadership, the eldership in our church to put another thing on you is we are convinced throughout scripture that this is your opportunity to be in a place where you'll experience your greatest joy if if you're if you're going through the christian life and 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 you don't see the joy of walking with god and doing what god wants you to do then somehow you haven't got it yet yeah, there are times where it's just it's tiring and you just want to stop and give up, take a rest, whatever it might be. But when you're serving the Lord, there's a joy there. And so really, this is the opportunity for us to say, God, I really want to be all in because that's where life really is. We ready? Got it? All right, let's let's go after in terms of what it really means to to. Understand the desires that God has for us. We're going to look at it theologically for a moment, and then we're going to just rest on the the simple point I want to communicate to you. First of all, again, I want to emphasize, God desires to be someone and then do something. So as we think about the Christian life, it's not about getting a new uh, to-do list. Uh, That'd be part of living it out. But it's really, first of all, understanding who you are. What does God want you to be before he wants you to, to do Before Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, there are the verses before that would be what? Verses, this is not a difficult question, people. Before verse 10, there are verses 8 and 9, okay? And if you haven't got 8 and 9 down, forget about verse 10. Uh, God wants us to be someone before we do something. The Bible says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not as a result of works that no one should boast. okay. Uh, It's not something I do to make myself worthy of knowing God. It's something that God wants to give us. He wants us to be a child of God before we act like a child of God. Uh, Some people put it this way. Uh, We don't do good works to appease God. We do good works to please God. It's not what we do to earn our way right to heaven. That's not what we're doing this for. We can't be good enough. We can't do enough good works to say, God, okay, uh, I've done enough. Now let me in. We do out of, of essentially an attitude of gratitude. God, you've done so much for me. Is there anything I can do just to show you my love? Because you've loved me so much. So he wants us to be uh, what he's made us to be, a part of this family. And we just... God, I'm just here. I'm available, and you've done all the work, and now I just want to just kind of be alongside you. Well, as we come to that point, then we say, okay, now give me an understanding of how that's supposed to be done on my part. And that's why we begin. In fact, as we go through this design acronym, it's not necessarily in a specific order, but though desires is a great way to start, but this All these things kind of interrelate. And so you'll see this as various men in our church. And one of the reasons we're having a variety of people speaking is to recognize, again, that we don't have to be exactly like somebody else to do what even they do. God uses people in a variety of different ways. Uh, But what do desires reveal? And desires, again, are those things. I didn't put a definition there. But desires are the things you like, those things that move you, those things that get you up in the morning, those things that, that motivate you to, to live out your life. It's the thing that's in your heart. It's, it's the things that turn you on. It's the things that excite you. What do desires reveal? God d- desires reveal who you are. And we're going to see that both from a heavenly perspective and a earthly perspective. What do desires reveal? They reveal who you are. For instance, God desires reveal who he is. Look at First uh, Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. It's in your outline. And it says this. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who, what's the next word there? Desires, Desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. What does that tell you about God? And we've had some people recently come to the Lord from an other faiths, and, and their picture of God is that God is a God only of wrath, and judgment, and anger, and he's almost hoping few people get in, and most of the people don't get in. But what does this say about God? That God is what? He's loving, he's good, he's desirous of us to to enter into that which he wants to gift others. He's a a gift-giving God, he's generous. He's carrying all these things. I mean, this is a God that we want to run to. That's why when Jesus would open his arms to the children, they didn't run away from him. They ran what? To him. And so as we think about desires, desires reveal who we are. And even about God, as we think about who he is, that God's desires reveal that he's gracious and merciful and kind and forgiving and just. He, he is powerful and there's going to be a time of judgment. But it's the kind, there's a verse in Romans, it's, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And most people think it's that, it's that hammer that might fall on us that leads us to come to him. But it's the goodness of God. and He wants everyone in on it so they can be something that he has initially created us all to be, a child of his. So, and in 1 John chapter 4, verses 10 and 19, and some already took that as a phrase, it talks about who is God? God is love. And the reason that we love God is because who loved us first? He did. So desires reveal who we are, and that's true of God. It's also true of us. What, is God's, what, is our, what do our desires reveal about who we are? Well, I put it two different ways, and I put it wrong in your outline a little bit, but it reveals without God our should be O-U-R rather than A-R-E. That was my mistake this week. It reveals without God our desires are for evil. Now, this is kind of the bad news, good news about desires. And I needed to put this in because as we look at the message this morning, follow your heart's desire. There's a qualification around that. Everything that we want to do, everything that we like to do, not all of that is good. Could we have an amen to that? I mean... I often want to be selfish. Can anybody relate to that? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a, often, you know, I, I want to I want to do things that, that please me rather than please others. Any amen to that? Okay, so all, all of my desires aren't necessarily uh, that which God wants me to live out. Because even after becoming a child of God, and I didn't put this in your text this, this week as well as even in the, the Bible study afterwards, Romans 7 which I'm convinced is Paul's experience after he became a Christian. He says, you know, the things I don't want to do, I kind of do, and the things that I, you know. And he struggles that because he, he's got this conflict within him. And so we need to recognize that when we're not, even if we are a child of God, and, but we're living like we're not a child of God, we're living without his presence, without his spirit controlling us, without our desires submitted to him, our desires without God are desires for evil or that which is not good. In Psalm 140, verse 8, it says this, Do not grant, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Why is that? Do not further their, their wicked scheme, lest they too be exalted. You know, we, have a, we have a tendency within ourselves to, to want to do that which simply pleases us, to exalt ourselves. And, and so we, we need to understand sometimes that things that flow out of our heart, and, and Jesus said a whole lot about that too, didn't he? It, it, when we say things, do things, they go, man, where did that come from? It came from our heart. It, it came from our own desires to live out a life without God. And so sometimes our desires, they reveal our old life. And if we're not a child of God, it reveals a life who you are. This is who you are. You are damaged goods on the inside apart from Jesus. But on the other side, it reveals with God that our desires are for good. And one of the the indications that you are a true Christian, you're a true Christ follower, is that when you do things that are wrong, it makes you feel what? Bad. I I, I love spending time with people who, who don't know Christ and just getting in their lives and trying to just relate to them and connect with them. And and when when they want to go down a certain path, you know, that I know is either destructive for them or hurtful at all, I'm not surprised. Uh, that's their bent, okay? And, and often when they do things, they don't feel that guilty about it. Because, you know, if they got their intended purpose, they got accomplished what they wanted, it didn't matter who they hurt. On the other hand, when I'm around believers, when they go down a path, they get caught up in their emotions, their desires without God, and and after it happens, they experience the conviction of that. Oh, man, how could could I have done that? What was I thinking? And they they began just experiencing the, the sorrow of their sin. Where did that come from? That came from God who speaks into our lives, and he changes our desires about things that we do that are wrong. In Psalm fifty-one, verses five and six, it says, "Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and, sin, and in sin my mother conceived me." Talking about BC before he became a Christian, then, then AC after he became a Christian. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, in this part, and in the hidden part, you will make me know, You will make me to know wisdom. See, God changes us on the inside, and now we we desire to do that which is pleasing to God. But, but there's a spiritual battle going on. There's a spiritual warfare going on. And we have a tendency to want to fall back into the old life. And we have an enemy that tries to draw us back into that. But when we're walking with God, he begins to govern our desires, the things we, we want, the things we wish for, the things that, that would honor him. And then thirdly, and this is where we're getting down to the real practicality, what I want to talk about today. It it can reveal, it can, I put the word it can, it can reveal what God wants us to do. And and here here we get down to the point, as God enters into our life, he begins to change us on the inside out. The Christian life is always on the inside out, not the outside in. We input scripture, which is the outside, but what it does is it changes on the inside and God begins to, to live his life out through us. Now, when that begins to happen, then God puts a different priority list in terms of uh, our agenda as we live life. And if we're listening to that, if we're submitting ourselves to Him, it will begin to reveal what God wants us to do at any particular moment. Now, in those particular areas, it can be those things that are connected particular to our design, or it could just make us a, uh, more sensitive to a need around us. And this is a great example of Jesus. Remember in John chapter 13? If you have, to have your Bibles, turn to John 13, the Gospel of John. It's been a long day. They were tired, uh, both physically and emotionally. They've been hearing all kinds of things from Jesus. So they didn't want to hear about what he was going to do. He was going to die. And 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 they finally get to the upper room. They're going to have some refreshments. They're going to, they're going to uh, experience the Passover. And they're all kind of... Um, in a prone position around a table, preparing for partaking of the bread and the cup and and as they, uh, they get entered in this place they, they were surprised probably a little bit when they walked in because there were there was no servant there to wash their feet and, and so they were, they were always concerned about the pecking order in terms well you know you know, I know we got twelve people here, but you know what number am I am I number one number five am I number seven, number eleven? No one wants to be what number twelve uh, they had teams before they came to the basketball tournament, but what what they, you know Brandon could have done? do not you all get here? We're going to try to make the teams a lot more even, and so we're going to pick them. All right, we're going to have people pick. You know, and we've all been down there up against the back fence, and you got a couple of captains, and everybody's picking people. No one wants to be picked. What? Last. Okay. Well, they were struggling with that because the person who was last was giving me the person who was going to have to wash everybody's feet. So what happens? Familiar story for just about all of you. Look at verse, verse five. Uh, we'll, well, actually, we'll start at verse four. And, and, and see, so Jesus arose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. We know it was a dirty job because whatever he was wearing, he didn't want it to get what dirty. And so he got to make sure that he was prepared for that. And so physically, he even had to prepare himself to do what was going to happen next. And after that, he poured water in a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. So this this place in which they were all wondering, well, uh, what, what number am I? Number 1, 5, 7, 11, 12. Jesus gets up, and he who was not on the list, he was, he was the leader, now became number 13. And the reason he did that is because that was... His desire at the moment to show to them that the greatest in the kingdom of God is the one who is willing to be a servant of all. Well, I'm sure there's all kinds of responses at that time, and, and Peter, who's willing to speak, then goes in verse 6. Then he, then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you are you washing my feet? And, and Jesus answered and said, Have you been looking? <laughs> but anyway, he goes. What am I doing to you? Do you do not understand now? But you will know after this. And Peter said to him, "You shall never wash my feet." It's never. It's never. Let me just give a suggestion to you. It's never good to talk back to Jesus. You know, you're never going to win that one. You know, you don't have to be his counsel when you know God has said something clearly in His Word. You know, don't argue with it. Just say, "Okay, you got me. You got me. I'm just going to do it." And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and and my head. Just just give me a bath. You know, why did Jesus teach that? He wanted them to learn the principle, but he also wanted them to understand this is where true joy comes. Living a life of service. Look at, I didn't put this in your outline, but look at verse 17. Verse 17. He goes on and he tells them again, this is, I'm doing this for your own good. And then in verse 17, if you know these things, blessed or happy are you if you do them. See, this series on design is not at the end of the series Say, well, you know, check that one off. You know, we're, we're, we, all, we all have a perfect design. God has something for us to be and to do. And, and now I understand it. No, it's not understanding until you actually, what, do it. It's finding that, that what God wants you to do and, and doing it. And whether it's the need of the moment, which was the washing of the feet, or whether it's an area, a specific area, whether it's ESL, working with youth, working with children, you know, working a, in an outreach emphasis in you know, our elementary schools or junior high schools that we're trying to do good news clubs with, we are doing good news clubs with, uh, wh- whether it's music ministry, whether it's being involved in, in calling people. What, what, you know, there's, there's, there's tons of stuff. That we can do for God. And whether it's in the four walls of the church. Or it's outside in the community. But it's saying. I want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And good works are anything that you do. For the the glory of God. For the testimony of his name. And you do it in his love. And by the power of his spirit. And God I I want to be on your team. I don't want to be just watching the games. I want to participate. And, And when you do that. That's where the source of greatest joy is. A great passage in Matthew chapter 25, you can look it up later, it really speaks of, of you know, whatever you do. If, if you're giving out a, a cup of cold water, if you're, if you're assisting someone in a, in, a, in a meaningful way, it's like you're doing it for me. You know, Brandon and I hang out, you know, throughout the week and do other things like that. You know, I would much rather wash Jesus' feet than Brandon's feet. Let me just tell you. No, nothing personal there, Brandon, but I, I'd much... But what what did Jesus want to say in Matthew chapter twenty five? You know, if I were to wash Brandon's feet, it'd be like washing Jesus' feet. And so, whatever you do, in a way to to demonstrate the love of Christ, and whether it's noticed by others or not, it's probably better that it's not noticed. I, I, I got caught this week. I, I I couldn't sleep, so I got up really early. I did all kinds of chores around the house, and just I mean, I just. I mean, I washed the dishes and I did loads of clothes, all these I mean I just all kind of and you know I went throughout the day and i i, did, I didn 't hear anything you know and so uh, this didn 't happen that long ago It was like yesterday morning, but anyway uh, and so uh, so I go and i, I go Alex, did, did you did you notice I did this and this and this and this you know I listened to fifty fifty thing. no th- three or four things I did and and Matt was there he goes oh, so you want some attention, some credit, huh <laughs> You're darn right, I do. Okay, Is, uh, I said I just lost my reward in heaven, didn't I? Yeah. You know, I don't mind being a servant as long as I'm not treated like a servant. All right. It, you see, whether whether you're, it's noticed at all when you, when you're doing out of love of someone, you know, someone else, and you're doing it for their their benefit, you're serving. But what I want to, learn, I, and I spent, I, I said I would spend most of my time kind of giving you a, a backdrop of what desires are all about. God desires reveal who God is, our desires reveal who we are. And when we are dominated by selfish desires, it's, it's the life of living without God. When we are living with desires that are good, it reveals the goodness of God within us. It's those things that can reveal what God wants us to do. Sometimes just being sensitive to the need, hey, that needs to be done. It doesn't matter what's on my portfolio or not. If I can do it, I'll do it. But, but what about kind of living a life of service? Finding an area or areas that, that God wants me to be doing regularly and consistently. As far as we know, that was the only time Jesus washed their feet. You know, if that was all what a servant was to wash your feet one time, I'll sign up. Okay, <laughs> got that over, got that off my checklist. You know, now I can do whatever I want for the rest of my life. It's 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 the ongoing service that God wants us to be and to do. Well, what do we want to submit to you if 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 your desires, my desires, reveal who I am, and I'm God's perfect design, that He has He's made me in a way uniquely, then He wants me to, to be fulfilled completely in service to Him because that's, that's how He has made me. Then is it not quite possible God has given me desires, um, and if He's given me those desires, those are things that, that I ought to be involved in, or to put it this way— um, is it all right to do things for God that I, I like doing? And the answer to that is what? Yes. Some ministries we choose to do simply. that ought to be with why there. To do simply because we are motivated by our desires. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position to be a, of a bishop, which means overseer or, or elder, he desires a good work. And I use that again because they had the word desires in it, and it was very specific. A person who desires to, to go to the point of having spiritual leadership in a church, you know, that's a good thing. Now there's a growth phase in that, and we're gonna be talking about that. But if there's some area in ministry that you like to do, whether it's because of your spiritual gift, your natural ability, whatever it might be, and you like doing that, that's all right. You know, some of the people go on the Philippines trips, you know, mission trip, and they're excited about going that. It's like, oh man, I gotta go. I mean, they're excited about doing that. It's all right that they, they have that desire, you know. And you know, one thing that amazed me about Patsy, Patsy, those who you know, initially when we were planning this, the staff did it, and then we have when we delegated to someone else to actually do the work. Um, but we were going to help Patsy and develop a team, and she got, actually had a number of people helping her. But a lot of times, you ask Patsy, you go, no, I want to do it all myself. Stay out of the kitchen, right? Uh, but she likes doing that. Okay, well it's, it's great that she likes to serve people by making things in the kitchen you know that, that's, that's how God has designed her. you know that would be hell for me, but anyway that you know um, but you know it 's all right that she likes doing that. Sorry to say that word in church, is it okay okay um, psalm thirty seven four says this: delight yourself in the Lord. And he shall give you the, what? Desires. Desires of your heart. Now, you can take that a couple of ways, and I was going to spend all my time giving you the background of Psalm 37, but I knew I wouldn't have time, so I'm not going to do that. But you can take this a couple ways. Either when you're walking with the Lord, the things that really are important to you, the things that really turn you on, God is going to provide that for you. Or you can look at it from this perspective, that as you're delighting the Lord, and you're looking about God's direction in your life, he will direct you through those things that, that you really like doing those things that you feel motivated at that moment to do. And it could be in an area of just service like, hey, there's a need, those feet are dirty, someone's got to do it, I'll do it. Or it could be, hey, I like, I like serving people, demonstrating love to people by being in a kitchen and slaving over a hot stove to, to show, hey, we care about relationships and fellowship. What we want you to do this week in looking at God's perfect design for your life, is to examine the things you like, to examine the things that that you are motivated to be and to do. Those things that 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 would cause you to say, "Ah, you know, I, I'd really like to be involved in something like this." I don't know if I'm capable or able, but I, I would if 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 I could just do what I like for God. This is this is what I would be involved in. Three questions to leave with you this morning. We're gonna. We're going to encourage you to, to do this not only here, but also in your life group this week. Check out your desires. What what ministries or needs excite or concern you the most? Have you ever said, you know, I wonder why no one does this. I wonder why that's not working better. Well, I wonder why couldn't we do... Well, maybe God has put that desire or that question in your mind, and He's saying, Well, that's because you're supposed to do it, and you're not doing it. Okay? So what desires or needs do you see that you say hey? i 'd like to see this 's move in this area, okay number two, what age or stage of life do you most like to work with? If you love babies, maybe you ought to volunteer for the nursery you know if if you If you like you know junior hires, middle schoolers will always behave they never talk when you don 't want okay you know if, if you like a stage of life, then say, hey, maybe I ought to try that. And again, the best way to know if that's your niche is just come and observe. You, you, you don't have to sign up for your life. I'm going to do this forever, but can I be involved in this? And see if this is what God wants me involved in. And here's a great question. What will you do for God if you could not fail? Often what keeps us from doing something is the, the fear that we might mess it up. But failure is not trying something and failing. Failure is failing to try. The only way we know whether God wants him something is to try something. And even just trying it the first time and not going well is not necessarily the full test case is do it for a period of time and figure out, okay, I really don't think this is my niche. As we think about living out the role for us to be and then to do, one of the components is just say, I believe that if I delight myself in the Lord, He'll give me the desires of his heart and my heart. And I can be driven or directed by God to do what he wants wants me to do by, by just saying, God, I'd really like to do this. This motivates me. This is where my heart is at. Let's pray together. Father, help us to just be open to you. So often we... We put not only ourselves in a box, we put you in a box. And we need to understand that, that sometimes that we can hear from you if we just simply open ourselves to say, God, can, can you move me in, in the things that I, I like or love to do? Sure, there are many times where we're called to, to be involved in things that maybe is, is not where our skills or abilities are or, or maybe even our desires are because we just want to be a servant. But, Father, we could also serve in those areas that you have perfectly made us to be. And, Father, we know above all else, even as we just touched this morning, that your first desire for us is to know you. And if there's anyone here that doesn't know you in a personal way, might they recognize that that's why Jesus came, to provide the gift that only he could give, the gift that was won on the cross, that we might know you. As we continue to worship this day, begin to speak into our lives. And we ask this in Christ's name.